Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Hope you guys are prepped for an amazing weekend of not relaxation, but more boots in the ground marketing so you can scale your company and live an amazing life someday. Yeah, that that's right. That's what you got to do. Uh, anyway, sorry, not beating you up. Hope you have a great weekend. And I think I'm going to have a pretty cool weekend because my oldest and my youngest son have birthdays that are a day apart. And they already had their birthday a couple weeks ago, but tonight is their birthday party. And I got to tell you, my crazy wife, she is all about uh, over-delivering and she's all about perceived value. (laughs) So this party has the chance to be legendary. I'll have to give you guys an update, but I don't think my kids' friends have any idea what's about to happen. It's going to be insane. Like everything's planned out. There's going to be crazy surprise awesomeness. This isn't your typical show up and eat pizza and have my son Maverick wear a funny birthday hat and blow out the candles type of thing. It's going to be an experience. I don't know what it is with me and my wife, but we always like way overdo (laughs) stuff, (laughs) even birthday parties, which is kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I think it's good. It's helped us in business too. And what I want to talk about today briefly because I got to go do some massive birthday prep, is the low-hanging fruit. So yesterday we talked a little bit about how you don't want to just throw a bunch of money to try to, you know, at trying to grow your business. I mean, it's fine. Uh, But what you need to do before you even spend any money on marketing is you need to make sure that you're harvesting all the low-hanging fruit too. So let's say that you have an orchard and each apple on the apple tree, and my house is surrounded by apple and cherry orchards. It's amazing and hilly and beautiful. Um, But these these trees, the, the apples at the top, obviously you can't reach them, right? But the ones at the bottom you can reach. So what's funny is when people start a business, it's like they're strategizing and, and trying to find a way to get the apples on the top of the tree. And that's that's cool. Like, those apples are awesome. But why would we spend, like, $35,000 on an apple picking machine uh, to start out with when we can just walk around and fill up, like, a gajillion baskets full of apples that we can already reach? So <laughs> hopefully you're understanding my analogy. Here's, like, some bullet points on some low-hanging fruit, especially going into the spring. These are things that are free that will produce a whole bunch of money for you, okay? They're free. You just got to spend some time to think creatively and and put a little time into it, and you'll make money. First of all, uh, your largest asset that your company owns is your client list. It's your current book of business. Your past customers are the biggest asset that your company has. The problem is, is that we don't properly engage and use that list oftentimes. Uh, I always joke that, you know, the number one most underutilized tool that a small business has is the phone uh, because we don't like to call our past customers. And some of you are doing this and that's awesome. Like high five to you. You're awesome. But a lot of you are not doing it and it's free money and it's silly. Uh, So the first low hanging fruit item here on my list is past customers, right? So you look at your past customers and you don't treat them all the same, but we want to try to build dynamic lists based on different factors, right? Based on geographic location, 
We can pull lists of our past customers based on the services that they've had provided. We can also pull lists of past customers based on the services that we have not provided them. Right? We can look at, you know, have we always sold packages to them? Did they come into my company a year or two ago and we just did gutter cleaning quotes and just gave them a price for gutter cleaning, but now we do we do packages and we've changed our process. Like how can you re-engage with them and get them the rest of the pricing that they need, right? It's a great excuse to contact someone. Uh, and all that type of stuff. We can also pull dynamic lists based on jobs that are like underbid or losers and then sort that list to all the jobs that are cherry premium amazing jobs, right? And then what you do with this list is you you engage it. You, you know, you get the data, you organize it and you engage it. You either call or you text them or you can use voicemail bomb, which is available through Send Gym, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, in general, just start calling these people and talking to them and you'll get you'll get money. It's free money. Just get organized. The other thing you want to look at for low hanging fruit is your upsell system. I did an awesome podcast with Brandon Vaughn a few months back about his uh, referral system. And I don't remember if we talked about upsell system, um, but I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I'll give you a, this is just fire. This is gold. And I've mentioned it before, but let's talk about it again. I used what was called, what I called uh, the I noticed blank, I recommend blank system. And this is something that I made up uh, for my company years ago that was super simple and it worked amazing. This is free. It's just uh, the, the trick is getting it deployed and executed in your company so that your technicians are doing this every single time. No exception, no excuses. Uh, it's really hard to get your crews to become really high level salesmen, right? Because if you're someone that likes to work with your hands, work outside, you're probably, they're probably into like the, the equipment and the, and the service itself, but that doesn't mean that they're a salesperson. And I, I'm of the opinion, you don't have to make your technicians become salespeople. They're just supposed to be really good technicians. But what you can easily get them to become is a professional recommender. So you need to sit down and figure out, all right, how can I get my team to professionally recommend actual needs that the customer has uh, while they're on the job site? It's an upsell. It's a numbers game. You don't have to bat a thousand percent. To be in the Hall of Fame as a baseball player, you need like a lifetime batting average of 300, which means seven out of 10 times you did not get on base, right? So with upsell systems, it's the same thing and it's all about consistency. But again, this doesn't cost money. You want to train your technicians to say things like, you know, hey, Mrs. Smith, I noticed blank. I noticed that your your oven is actually, you know, has a lot of residue and buildup and this, it's not healthy and it's, it's a fire hazard. I don't know if it's fire hazard. <laughs> I don't know about cleaning ovens, but I noticed that you have this need, comma, I would recommend that you have that professionally taken care of and, you know, as soon as possible. That's it. You don't have to hammer people. Train your technicians to say, I notice blank, I recommend blank, and then give them a reward for all the stuff that they get. It's super simple, man. And then you're only paying out a small commission or a small fee or giving them points or whatever uh, as they're bringing in additional revenue. I mean, you're already there. This is the epitome of low-hanging fruit. You're already in the home. They already like you. You've already broke down those barriers and built enough trust for them to pay you to do stuff. You have to identify bona fide needs that customers have and mention them to the client. This is the simplest system ever that has one of the biggest ROIs ever because it's free and you can do it like as you're listening. You could do this in 10 minutes. If you're about to walk into a job, you can execute this system 10 minutes from now and make 500 bucks. That's awesome. Uh, And then the referral system, back to Brandon Vaughn, he just has an incredible way that he gets a lot of referrals and how he gets a lot of reviews. And probably the best bet is to go back and search for that episode. 
Uh, I think it was called like how to 10x your referrals or something. Uh, but that's low-hanging fruit. It's simple. It's just a process change. It's how you ask for referrals. Um, you don't have to hammer people or beat people up. You got to remember people want to refer you because they think you're awesome. They want to be the person to tell all their friends about you so that they're really cool, right? You just got to make sure that you're delivering on the perceived value and you're over-delivering on every chance that you have. And then just ask them. You know, you have not because you ask not. We don't actually ask for referrals every single time. No exceptions, no excuses. It's super simple. Uh, you just say, uh, our script was, hey, you know, Mrs. Jones, we're a small family company and uh, we rely on referrals from great customers like you. And if you have, you know, an aunt or a weird uncle or a neighbor or somebody that has something dirty that we can make clean, it would mean the world to us if you would tell them to give us a call, right? So we made it a joke, but we said it every time. Actually, we said it six times throughout our customer lifecycle process, and it was wildly successful. Brandon had a little bit different approach. I think his approach is actually better than ours, um, but either either way, my point is, is that a, a really simple piece of low-hanging fruit is a referral system, making sure you're consistent with it. And then uh, another one is to document future opportunities. So remember, we just talked about the people in the field being professional recommenders. Uh, that needs to be documented. So when there's a bona fide need and something's professionally recommended to a customer, they might not hire you right then. That's fine, but I want that data. I wanna know that their oven is disgusting because what's gonna happen is as your crews are out in the field all the time, every day, bringing back data, bringing back more future opportunities, bringing back data, you can actually get that sale after the fact. You can get it in the future, you can use it to give them a call. What we would do is our crews would have a work log, you know, it's a, it's a document, it was actually on, all the crews had iPads and stuff, but you could use a piece of paper or an iPad. And one of the things they had to fill out on every job was, was there a future opportunity at this job? And you know, what was it? And was the customer uh, notified that this was a need? And then that data would go in our CRM. And then our sales team, which is in a different part of the building, right? They would go through and scrape out all those future opportunities that didn't book and then call the customer. And they would just use a simple script like, you know, hey, Marie, this is Tim over at ABC Service Company. And uh, I'm just closing out your, your invoice here. I hope Robert did a great job for you. But he left a note on his paperwork um, that you have a really, something's going on with your oven. I don't know. Is that something we should be helping you with? I just wanted to make sure before I close this uh, service out um, that I talk to you about it. You know, that's it, right? I'm just spitballing. What would happen if you actually rehearsed and practiced something and made it clean and simple and compelling? It'd be amazing. This is free money, people. We overcomplicate everything. We think we need to spend $50,000 on all this stuff and you, d you just don't. I mean, you can, but don't waste your time until you've done all of these things first. The last couple things I wanna share with you is that um, you should be doing five rounds. Now, Send Gym automates five rounds. You guys know that, most of you are users, uh, which is amazing, <laughs> it's so awesome. Uh, so that means that you're marketing to the, to the five closest neighbors of your current customer. And there's a lot of benefits to trying to market in really small pockets like that. Uh, number one, there's more social proof. Number two, when you do future scheduling, you can group people in grouped appointments and stuff. So the route density is better, the efficiency is better. Usually the average ticket's higher because you already have momentum in that neighborhood. And you can start literally dominating one neighborhood at a time. Um, and if you're not doing this, you need to do it. Now, not every job you do is in a neighborhood like that, so it's not always applicable. 
but do it by hand if you can't afford to use Send Gym right now and just make sure it's getting done. It will produce results for you. It's profitable. The other thing is to remember that with marketing and growing your business, you, you don't have to go really wide. Like the market's big, the opportunity's big, right? I was listening to a Dan Kennedy podcast and he said this really, really cool thing and it, it just inspired me because it's so true. He's talking about how businesses feel like to market, they just have to like scream from the rooftops to their whole town, right? Like, we're here, notice us, notice us, right? It's really expensive to do that and it doesn't work because you're yelling at a bunch of people of which many of them are not your target demographic anyway, but you're like, you don't know what to do, right? So he he, he compared doing that, like shotgun marketing or just doing a big EDDM bomb or something, he compared that to jumping up and down in the ocean. <laughs> So imagine you go up to your waist in the ocean and you start jumping up and down. You're trying to make waves. Like you're trying to disrupt the market, which is the ocean, your local market, right? You want people to notice you. And obviously that's hilarious because no, the ocean won't even notice that you jumped up and down in it. But, but what if you were to go stand in a little pond, a tiny pond or a little puddle, and you started jumping up and down in a puddle and half the water in the puddle is flying out all over the place? I mean, there, there's no possible way every water molecule in that puddle does not know of your presence. <laughs> they will be aware of you, right? So farming is the way to do this. So realtors use the phrase farming all the time. In fact, we have a, a sister company to send Jim called Relationship Farm that is just getting ready to where we're going to roll it out. And it's like a a reskinned version of Sengem specifically for realtors. It does a couple of different things and the pricing structure is different. But, but what's cool is they use this word farming. That's why we called the app Relationship Farm. Uh, top producers in real estate dominate particular neighborhoods or they dominate lakefront homes only on these three lakes or whatever. Like they have a farm, which is a, a very strategic uh, set of neighborhoods and they just work those neighborhoods like beasts forever. They play the long game. It's nonstop. They're everywhere. And what happens is, is they're basically jumping up and down in a puddle and they, a new realtor just can't break in. It's really, really hard, right? So anybody in those neighborhoods that's going to list their house for sale, they don't, without even realizing it, they just automatically think of John Williams or Bill Smith or whoever the realtor is that's doing that because they've went really deep and saturated a small area. You don't have to have 10,000 customers to make a lot of money. You can have like 500 to 1,000 really profitable repeat customers and do very, very, very well. And most of them can come from a handful of neighborhoods. So I hope that helps. I feel like that was a pretty good one. That was a pretty valuable podcast, I think. Wish me luck on my birthday party. Uh, hopefully we can over-deliver for our kids and just blow their mind because they are amazing. My kids are amazing. Why would I not brag about my kids on my podcast? My oldest Maverick was student of the month last year or last month, my middle son, Tucker, who's in a different grade, got student of the month the next month after that. That's crazy. The principal said that's never happened. It's crazy. The teachers vote. I got some good kids. And then my uh, youngest son, Sawyer, uh, just tested higher than every single other kid in his entire grade in basically every single category. He's way ahead. He's crushing life. He's super good at math and reading. And I'm just lucky to have them. They're, they're great people. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with their life. And uh, that's it. Thought I'd brag, 
shout out to you uh, you guys, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. God bless. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.